Assalamu alaikum, dear brothers and sisters. I hope you're doing well today, inshallah. Today's subject was the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all know that this world doesn't need us to operate. Now, what I mean by that is, I was watching a, a nature program the other day, a nature program regarding the planet, the whole climate change everything how how nature how plants how they grow reproduce how the sea and the oceans operate and all of these aspects of the world are just working without human interaction and in fact they would probably work better without our pollution and all our interfering and it was subhanallah it just makes us think that this whole system is operating around us the sun and the moon everything's rotating and we're here just hanging on to the planet we're just sitting on the planet and we are just guest of this planet itself. We have no influence in any of the weather, and the climate, anything like that. And it just makes us, well it should make us ponder that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put this whole system in place and we are just one tiny tiny aspect of that and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world in itself doesn't need us at all as, as human being, as in sand, this world does not need us. So therefore we have to ask ourselves why are we on this planet and what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would like from us. So we need to take a step back. As Muslims we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Quran and the example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But also we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whilst he does have supreme power and knowledge of everything to come we also believe that we as human beings have been giving have been given free will as well because one of the the most frustration things that people say is or the frustrating things that people say especially the muslims is that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already written their their will in advance so what difference does it make if they you know don't do salah or if they commit the sin um allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's already he's already written for that so it's like they're, they're kind of giving up their free will but that's not the case Allah does know what's going to happen, but He's also given us that free will. And as insan, as human beings, we are the only being that has that free will. The angels don't have that. The animals don't have that. They're just there to to repopulate and to eat and hunt and survive. So we have to get this fine balance between free will and the ever presence and dominance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala's power. And there's different schools of thoughts that have formed opinions around this this existence of free will. Is it free ordained, or is it already written for us that we will commit all of these sins and we're basically just passengers in our own life? So, over time, Muslims uh, have called out the Quran and developed the middle path, where we accept both the ultimate power, but also the ability to choose. So. For myself, I always, <laughs> it comes to things like when it comes to Salah, when you sometimes you don't feel like it, you're tired, uh, fudgers early, and you're like, ah, I'm tired, I'm not going to make this one. And then you think, well, look, it's my choice here. Allah's, it's not going to affect Allah in any way. This world is going to continue to turn whether I go to Fajr or not. 
Allah is going to be just as powerful whether I go to the Salah or not. He doesn't need it. And it's purely for my benefit. And when I think about it like that, then it's, it puts the onus on myself to make the change. It's like your, your employer, that if you didn't go to work, they would probably not be very happy or they would call you or they would fire you and there was immediate consequences. Whilst if you don't go to Fajr or you don't do your Salah, nothing immediately is going to happen. You know, not something's not going to fall on your head and as a, as a result of not making that Salah. So we have to give ourselves a little bit of responsibility. Actually, we have to give ourselves holy responsibility of our actions. Uh, and one aspect that really helps with getting to know Allah and the power and the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is this thing we're talking about today, which is dhikr, which is remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And dhikr itself takes many different forms and shapes and actions that we can include in the overall dhikr, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, um, it could be reading the Quran, which is Allah's words and His words to us. One person I was speaking to a few days ago referred to it as uh, the Quran as a love letter written directly from Allah to you personally. To you personally. And yeah, when you think about it like that, and the way the Quran is written, subhanAllah, and is written, is so personal. Allah asks questions and, and it makes you ponder. And it's written in a way that's no other, no other book is written in that way. And it's, it's, it just makes you ponder and, and ask yourself these questions. So it's, it's written as a love letter to yourself. So if you're struggling to, to give yourself that, that, that time and that love for the Quran, Maybe switch your thinking a little bit and think, okay, this is a love letter here written from my creator, um, from my master, written directly to me. Imagine this, for example. Imagine if we grew up and then we discovered after our parents had passed away that they had written a whole book specifically for us, talking about our childhood, talking about their love for us, talking about the sacrifices they made for us talking about all the good they want for us and that they have planned and that they have they have um, laid out a path for us as well. SubhanAllah. Hmm. That would make us, I would, I would definitely want to read that book, you know. You found out your parents left this whole book just specifically for you and talking about every aspect of your life. Hmm. That's exactly what the Quran is. It's, it's, it's a book that has been left by our forefathers, last of all, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi with practices, and Allah subhanahu wa taala has written it, and Allah subhanahu wa taala has given Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam a guidance in, in, in the hadith of a, of a manuscript that we should follow, and everything's been laid out for us so beautifully. For example, take chapter Al Ikhlas, Surah one one two, the shortest chapter of the entire Quran. Even though it contains only five verses, it constitutes one-third of the message contained in the Qur'an. That is, uh, in the English translation, God is absolute, one, without origin or progeny, and unlike anything else that exists in creation. SubhanAllah. That 
is one third of the Quran. God is absolute, one, without origin or progeny, any any kids. And unlike anything else that exists in creation, subhanAllah, this is the core of, of Tawheed, the unity of God, and one half of everything that you need to become a Muslim, with the other being acceptance of Muhammad SubhanAllah. Okay, how about this is other aspects that we can bring into our lives that will help us with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How about learning and understanding and reciting the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's 99 names in total of Allah covering every aspect of his power and, and his influence. For me, I started this a few months ago to, to learn the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was just every day. I spent 5-10 minutes going through them in order <laughs> one, 1 to 99 I started out with 1 to 20 then 1 to 30 then maybe 20 to 40 uh, and then try to like link it together so I've done maybe about groups of about 20 um, words or names of Allah at a time so and now I do it 5 minutes every day probably less than 5 minutes because I just I run through it now and I know it off by heart so now I need to go back and now that I know the names, I need to know the meanings. <laughs> I need to know the meanings of these names. MashaAllah, because that's where the, the true depth of knowledge and understanding comes when you start appreciating um, the names of Allah. And we can use these in our du'as when we're calling out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our quiet moments. It gives us the opportunity to, to call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly. And, and the names aren't just names that, you know, we, we call family members and friends we just call them names because that's what they are we know them as our friends but when you start knowing the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala oh my god this was huge for me what happened was I started like friends that I know that I've known for years and I realized their name is the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then you know they're one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the meaning behind it this gave me a whole deeper meaning of the connections and the people in my life and their names because we're saying the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every single day you know you've got a cousin you know your local shopkeeper the imam's name this brother at the mosque is that's his name and they're all names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we, we they were all around us and we didn't realize any of that uh, and it's something that we should take more time and focus on so I would highly recommend and you can get apps that just have all the 99 names with the pronunciation uh, and the tafsir of what they mean underneath it as well. That's very, very important. Okay, number three, let's have a look at something else that you could do that could connect you uh, to dhikr. Uh, how about connecting yourself to the Prophet as as he is the, um, the, the more example of humanity in this life that we can see he, he's been on this planet he was here he was he's human like us he's the physical capabilities of a human like us and we can read his story his sacrifices and that will allow us to gain that closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we start seeing the sacrifices that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made uh, for this deen we should pick up the famous book of Ahadith has been put together lovingly over the generation by, 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 by scholars that have allowed us to walk in Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's 
footsteps as well. So just purely by reading that, uh, the hadiths and the, the story of Muhammad sallam will allow us to gain that closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And finally, and most importantly, we should establish a community, find a community, reconnect with a community, whether it's your friends, family, your local mosque, a local sister circle, um, they speak to the Imam, you need to find other Muslims that are also on this path with you, that are actively looking to engage in, in dhikr, speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's greatness, um, circles where uh, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam story is, is, is spoken or is read over to refresh the Imam, to refresh uh, your dhikr. This will keep you strong throughout the year, not just in Ramadan, which is coming up in a few months, but throughout the year. It's very, very important. Now, not all of the aspects that we spoke about here will be right for everybody. Somebody might prefer dhikr, sitting for three hours, doing tasbih, remembrance of Allah with tasbih beat. Somebody else might love reading a hadith and spend hours reading that. Someone else might love reading Quran. Someone else might go in depth learning the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the attributes. All of these are good ways of doing dhikr. The result is the same. That the method is different. You pick the one that is right for you and go with that one. Some other people might like being in, in a community group, whether it's a WhatsApp group, uh, a Zoom online face-to-face -face community. I've, I've recently joined one now in my community. MashaAllah, the brothers have been doing that for over over a year now, I've just recently joined it, and it's amazing. It's a, it's a Zoom weekly call, and I can join it whilst I'm driving, whilst I'm in the house cooking some food, everything. Whilst I'm at the laptop, I can contribute as well. And subhanAllah, technology has made it so easy for us. So easy for us. This, probably due to this COVID virus, we two years ago, we were not thinking about how on how online everything could be. These circles and gatherings were only done face to face and if someone had suggested, you know what, let's do this on a Zoom call or online, there would have been so much protest against it. <laughs> Probably people wouldn't have even thought about doing it. But this coronavirus has brought everything forward 10 years and now it's, we're, we're able to do online and there's no problem and it's more convenient. And with it being more convenient, it's easier for people to join and be regular and consistent with the practice. There's no point just doing dhikr for one day or one week. We want to do this for the rest of our lives, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. A little bit every single day, five minutes, 10 minutes, inshallah. So this is advice for yourselves and for myself. Inshallah, we can take one of these points of doing dhikr and bring it into our lives every single day, inshallah. So my dear brothers and sisters, hope this has been a benefit to you. It's been a a great reminder for myself and inshallah we can put these into our life and until the next time assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh